Blog Talk Radio. It's time for Standing on My Soapbox, the daily rant and radio show. We talk about all of the good, bad, and the ugly of current events. Join your host, Scott Fullerton, and co-host, Craig Hurley. You, our listeners, are invited to call in and stand on our soapbox with us. Call 347-989-0126 between 4 and 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday through Friday. That's 347-989-0126. Now, here are your hosts and creator, Scott Fullerton, and co-host, Craig Hurley. Well, thank you, Katie, and welcome, everyone, to Standing on My Soapbox. It is Wednesday, uh, June 19th, in 2019. Thanks so much for tuning in. We are on another shortened week as we are live from Palm Springs in L.A., I am actually not in Palm Springs. I am going to drive to L.A. right now. So I apologize if the audio is a little weak, but I am calling from my car and talking through the car. I have my phone hooked into there. I am your host, Scott Fullerton, and we are standing on your soapbox. For the month of June, we are every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday from 3 to 4 Pacific and 6 to 7 Eastern time. We'll hope you join in. I uh, hope you'll be joined in just a couple of minutes by my co-host, Mr. Craig Hurley, actor and writer extraordinaire. We're waiting for him to get on the line here. Hope you guys had a fantastic weekend, a good start to the week. Everything's been going good here in California. I am on my last seven days of my road trip here to California from my home base of Northeast Ohio. I've been staying at the Indulge Resort in Palm Springs, where I've been doing live shows of my Left of Straight show every Monday and Tuesday for the past three weeks, and I have one more week to go, then I'll be heading back home next Wednesday. So been enjoying the sunshine. We've had lots of sunshine, lots of heat, lots of beautiful surroundings here in the desert and the mountains, so enjoying every bit of it. And looking forward to getting back home. I'll be gone for about five to six weeks total, which is a good chunk of time. But always looking forward to that. Uh, hopefully we'll be cranking here a little bit. Uh, this is your show to call in and talk about whatever's on your mind. If you have anything you want to talk about in news of the day, politics, pop culture, or just what's happening in your life, give us a call into the studio, 347 347- Nine eight nine zero one two six. That's three four seven nine eight nine zero one two six. We'd be happy to talk to you. Uh, you'll be able to hear the show while you're on hold. We'll pull you on as soon as possible. So yeah, welcome to the show, everybody. What should we talk about first? Or waiting for Craig to get in? Craig might not be able to get in today. He could be having some issues with his phone. Let's see what kind of notes I have, and I'll try to carry as much as I can. I like to let. Craig, do most of the talking, just tune in my two cents worth. Uh, Right now, a big thing that's happening in politics, we have Joe Biden kind of making a gaffe last night at a fundraiser or speaking event and trying to talk about his relationships in the past in the Senate for working well across the aisle and how the Senate used to work, where everyone would get along, and the Senate was very kind of worked together in a way back in the day when Joe was a senator. 
unfortunately, he uses an example two of the biggest segregationists of senators in the past, which were very much uh, for non-black rights, and uh, so it was a big a bit of a problem. Mr. Craig Hurley, how the heck are you? Wow, dude. Um, I'm really sorry, dude, that I uh, <laughs> just ran to the phone. Um, one of the clocks is off here, and it, I, I, I just completely forgot how badly off the clock is. It's like 10 minutes, man. I, who would set their clocks 10 minutes fast? That is crazy, <laughs> or 10 minutes slow. I don't, I don't know. It's crazy. So I didn't, I didn't realize what time it was. Sorry about that. What were you talking about, man? We're good to go. We were going into Joe Biden and doing a little calf last night. He's having a little, little problems. He's flipping the polls a bit. Last night he was in an event when he tried to make it a positive spin on how the Senate used to work together when he was in it. But it just brings up a lot of things that aren't really good for Joe Biden. One, that he's old as dirt and he's been in politics for 50 years. Two, that the examples he brought up were two segregationist senators that he got along with. Of all the people he could have brought up uh, in today's Me Too and Black Lives Matter moment, two segregationist senators would probably be not the ones to name drop. So it's getting a lot of press today. The other candidates have been taking off the gloves on Biden for the last week or so, getting ready to go into the debates next week. So it's... Uh, was a personal foul um, made on his own, though. That's, that's the first thing I brought up. Oh. How was your weekend, though? We haven't talked in like creepy, creepy Joe, man. Creepy Joe. Um, yeah. You know, I, I feel, I feel uh, there's, you know, douchebags on both sides, man. Um, on, on, on all sides, even. I mean, you know, even if, well, maybe, maybe not Green Party. Green Party seems to be, you know, pretty much. Let's just uh, make sure to not hurt our our water supply and our and our air supply while we're trying to practice capitalism. So it, it seems like there's not that much douchebaggery going on in the Green Party. But um, as now, far as the Green all that's Party going, is a benevolent party that has no clue how to do politics. Yeah, they don't have yeah. any idea how to do any politics. So I, I doubt there's much douchebaggery going on there. Um, there's still a lot of, you know, lobbyists. There's still a lot of, uh, you know, money, people trying to make money and, and on on the environment and on the problems we're having in the environment. But that's actually what we should be doing. We should all try to find a way to make a living off of the things that we're having a problem with, like, right, you know, right now, like flooding and, you know, and, and too much heat and then too much cold and, you know, trying to deal with the different, the variety of weather events that we are currently experiencing all over the United you States. You come on four minutes yeah. late and you go directly to the weather. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. You did. Didn't you didn't you direct this conversation that way? But no, the Green Party, yeah, I guess I did. Now all of them have some type of douchebaggery going on and they need to point out, you know, who those douchebags are, who the people are that are that are, you know, corrupt in any way. And they shouldn't be a part of politics. And we're not supposed to have career politicians. We're not supposed to have career politicians for a reason, because exactly. they always tend to go along the same line. And we can't have that. We need to have a variety. We need to have a, 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 a it needs to shift all the time. It needs to evolve all the time. That's what democracy is. That's what our constitution is. 
Brad, and so God forbid you know, I ever agree with. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I said, God forbid I ever agree with Donald Trump Jr., but at that big kickoff thing they had last night in Florida, Donald Trump Jr. says how Biden is talking about how politics has done us run for 50 years. It's like, yeah, but you've kind of been in politics for 50 years, Joe. Maybe you're part of the problem. And I, and yeah, I hate to no, that's, that's, Jr., that's what I was just saying. Well, he's yeah. he's actually just agreeing with us. It's not, you know, and that's not yeah. something that that's hard to pull out. We all agree that if people have been in politics too long, that they should no longer be in politics. We we agree right. on that. We even agree on that with the Clintons. So I'm talking to different people. I don't know if you agree with that on the Clintons, um, but but oh, there, I I, I've been talking to a lot of you know um, uh, Republicans lately, and they are all are like you know you know going that there shouldn't be anybody that is a career politician. They agree. They agree that, you know, that it shouldn't be that way as well. And that's part of why 45 is in office. That's why he's there, because he supposedly exactly. wasn't a politician. Right. Now, that's what America and wanted. It's, it's glaringly yeah. obvious. It's glaringly obvious to the majority of us out there, and I'm talking just majority of the United States, that he's not a politician. And he never will be. It's it's glaringly obvious to to a lot of people, okay, that he's that he's not a politician. So he's <laughs> screwing up all over the place. So that is a true. Fun statement. to watch. Hey, how do I sound? I was telling the listeners that I am on my way from Palm Springs to L.A. for a meeting. I'm coming to your neck of the woods. There wasn't so much smog. I might be able to stand on my tiptoes and see you. So I was finally yeah. able to get my. Oh, no, there's, thanks for the thanks for the deregulation in, uh, over there in California. Uh, Gavin Newsom actually needs to um, put the regulations back in. Uh, you know, forget the federal, forget, just override, because every state can do that. Put the regulations back in so that you can get rid of that smog problem. It looks like 1970s here, man. No, it looks like when yeah. I came here originally in 1989, we had a couple of days where 80, 86, 87, somewhere in there. Um, uh, we had a couple of days in that summer and that was right before they started regulating the shit out of all of these factories and, uh, and, and really all these people it up a lot. and, and yeah, now it's deregulated and dude, get. it's, there's smog everywhere. There's smog everywhere. And yeah, they cleaned it completely up. It was cleaned up for the past couple of years. I mean, past like 30 years, 20 years, 30 years. It's been actually, you know, it was it was decent living there, and now no, oh no, we're we're back in 1972. Well, I am passing 15 right now, my way into Ontario, my way into LA. So I would try to look for you, but it's a little too smoggy. I can barely see Ontario from here. But do I sound yeah. okay? I was able to pack my phone into the car. Do I sound halfway decent? Yeah, yeah, you okay. sound great. Well, talk to me about your weekend. How is your lovely fiance feeling? Is she back? No, she's still in Mexico City. Um, she had gotten ill after um, the, the funeral for Adit Gonzalez. Uh, uh-huh. it, um, it's, 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 a, it's a lot. It's, it's Katie's best friend um it's it's a lot to handle and you know at the eats uh her 
her death has just absolutely affected um uh, like i said on like thursday uh that there's billions of people that will be affected by her death and that's exactly what has transpired if you look she is um still cause she's an icon she's a she's an icon i don't i don't know how else to say it she's you know international in the united states we're really arrogant when it comes to understanding other countries and understanding that there's a world around us and that they have performers and they have politicians and they have people that are of interest and that we're just not exposed to them because we're arrogant and ignorant both. Um, we, a lot of times, choose not to watch. I mean, come on, look at Netflix. Netflix has, and HBO has, these companies have all of this Latino market programming, and we could easily, all of us subscribe to this crap, so we could easily just turn on those telenovelas or turn on those channels, and we've got subtitles. You can read what they're saying. You can learn Spanish, actually, at the same time, and, and, and understand who these people are in this world. And where, you know, we're really isolated we're, we're, and ignorant about it and, and arrogant about it. Um, we'll even go to other countries and, like, try to put our value system into their place. So when we're visiting, when we're tourists, I mean, that's pretty arrogant. So we need to go there and, and actually learn what they're about, what their culture is about. And so Adit's death has, has just affected the entire – I mean, there's – there's, she's got so many fans all over the place, and Katie's taking it really friggin' hard. She's taking it really hard. So I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like I said, I'm, 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 I'm like half, you know, I, I'm about to. I think I'm. I don't know what I'm gonna do because like half of my body is is missing. So. I just, you know, I want to be down there, and, and she's, she actually went into the hospital at, at one point on Friday and right after the, the funeral, and I, you know, and then, and then it got out uh, shortly after that, Father's Day, and then, um, like, you know, got, got other, uh, like, illnesses because of what's happening emotionally, so it's been really tough been really really tough over here thanks for asking she does have a mom or sister down there right (laughs) thanks for putting me through this again scott i I really appreciate it uh uh, she's got no there's uh, there she's she's fine as far as people around her um you know there and 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 especially now with with uh passing um there's a, a, a tremendous amount of support for her and uh, and so she's safe, and you know, and and the the place where she's staying, it's it's she's she's fine. And then she's got now her mom's in in Florida, and her dad had passed um, a couple of years ago, and he used to be he's he's Mexican, so he's uh, live in Mexico, um, but he he passed. But she's got extended family, she's got like a um, a sister that she never met. So she, um, pretty sure, has had the opportunity. I've seen pictures. She's had the opportunity of, of you know, seeing her and and you know, meeting just other people that she has had to meet or hasn't had, had the opportunity to meet yet. So, and she's doing okay. 
and yeah, she's safe. It's just, it's just tough. Like I said, thanks for bringing it up, Scott. Sure. <laughs> Appreciate that. Well, shit. we missed no. her. We uh, no, I actually do. I, I, you know, thanks for, thanks for asking. It's just been tough. And uh, so, what else has been going on with you? What do you do over the weekend then? Should I you get back to the weather? No, I don't Should I get weather. back to the weather? I've been actually working on the re-edit of 27 and all washed up. Um, and then there's been there's been a lot of people um, interested in Daylight Sucks, though. So uh, that is a really cool thing that's happening. Um, but the 27 and all washed up, it's a hard it's a hard re-edit. Um, I, I mean, I'm I'm virtually I mean I'm done. I'm done with taking out all of the swear words and any unnecessary misogyny and or uh, what would seem to be homophobic, but isn't. It was two drunk guys calling, I mean, two drunk guys talking to each other. That's what the interview in 27 and All Washed Up is. And uh, so there's some things that, you know, we're we're just talking shit just like you and I are just doing right now. And, you know, two guys talking shit. Um, so um, I think that's a really good name for this show. I mean, I love standing on my soapbox because it allows people to <laughs> come in and come in and stand on, stand on, you know, stand on this soapbox with us or at least stand on it by themselves for a time being. And then we intervene. Um, but, uh, you know, which by the, by the way, three, four, seven, nine, eight, nine, zero, one, two, six. Wow, I don't know when the last time was that I actually said that phone number. I think it was when I was angry at the Republican Party was probably the last time I said that. Three four seven nine eight nine zero one two six. Um but yeah. What was I saying? We were just talking about what was happening in the world. What and maybe switching it to stuff that shit shit guys say or something. What what what's the title? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Uh two guys talking shit. Yeah. No, because be that's kind of really funny. what I show. We'd have to look into that. Put an asterisk with the eye. It'd be a pretty funny title, I think. I want to. I went off the subject of whatever the hell it was. It doesn't matter. It's funny because I got a lot of people that um, are are new fans of the show that have been contacting me, and they're like, "This isn't a normal podcast." And and I've heard from other people too that are that are listening, um, uh, that are like this. This isn't we are a normal, not normal podcast. People, we're, we're always <laughs> we're always waiting for you to get to the topic, and I'm like, we don't have a topic. It's called standing on my soapbox. We get up there and talk about whatever the hell we want to talk about. So if we're just up there rambling, then that's what we're doing. So you know, it's really funny to me because all other podcasts, that's what makes us different, Scott. Um, all other podcasts, they pick a topic for the day and they go with it. It doesn't matter what it is, what the, what the actual title of the show is, um, because they're, right. they're just picking a topic for the day and then they talk about that topic for half hour, hour, three hours, whatever the hell they're on. So, now we talk we about don't. what interests us and if you call in, you can talk about whatever you want it interests you. So call us three. I was talking about 27. Yeah, I was talking about 27 and all washed up. Um, it's really sucking really be- at, at at this point, yeah, um, because, because like, I'm trying to now go through 2012 through 2019, 
and because that's where I ended writing the book in the past. And I'm okay. I'm I'm reliving the different events that happened as I'm writing them, including currently um, Adit's death. So I'm because I I knew uh, Adit as well. Uh, Katie introduced her to me uh, easily five years ago. I, I, easily, I, 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 it's probably seven years ago or eight years ago. I don't I don't even know. I mean, I've known Adit for as, you know as long as I've been in this uh, part of the relationship with Katie. So. Um, uh, you know, I've had dinner with her many times, and I've, you know, I, I've hung out with her many times, and, you know, I've I've been in her trailer on set, and, you know, all of that, because they just did Ava, I can't do the translation, I'll, I'll butcher it, Ava La Trailera, Trailera, Trailera. Well, how do you do your um, stories? Do you, are you, are you a journaler, or how do you remember all this stuff? Uh, I have a wicked memory. Um, sometimes it fails me. Uh, the majority of the time I remember uh, just brutal details about everything. So, um, that's how I'm able to write stuff. And also most of the time during a lot of my experiences in the entertainment business, I haven't really been doing it lately. That's why 2012 through 2019 is, is rough for me. Um, but in the past, during these experiences, I would go home after being on the set with, say, Luke Perry on 90210, I would go home and I would write down what happened on that day and who I met and who I experienced what with. So there were many events that I was, not like I was preparing for 27 and all washed up, I just felt like these were noteworthy events in my life that needed to be written down as well as every audition I ever went out on and what casting director and what director and what agent and all of the specifics around the actual, what character and all of the specifics around the audition so that I can figure out who I'm dealing with. And then on the next time that I'm meeting these people, I would be able to say, Oh, we saw you. I saw you on this, or I, you know, we talked on this, or I met you at this event, or whatever. So I would be able to have all their names and and their and where I met them, and then I would be able to for 27. I was able to go back through all of those writings that I had, and and really uh, accumulate a book because I was able to go back. And even, you know, with the stories, because Zach asked me a question. Right, that's what I was wondering, if you had more notes or what was going on. <clears throat> yeah, I have. I, no, there's a tremendous, <laughs> tremendous amount of information that I did not put in 27 and all washed up. A, a tremendous amount. Um, there are stories that I could not tell to protect the innocent and the guilty. So there is absolutely no friggin' way. I am going to, you know, defame someone that that doesn't, number one, deserve it, and number two, can't defend themselves if they're dead, because the majority of the people in this book are freaking dead now. I'm getting really, like, you know, and now uh, 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 Deep Gonzalez. So, you know, and that's what I'm writing at the end. So uh, in 2019, this is, you know, my latest chapter. And it's it's just really tough, man. 
all these people keep dying. Glenn Fry just died. All these people keep dying, and they're all in my book. I got a book, and I even say it in 27, because they were dying before. Jeff Conaway died before, and by the way, he's still dead, and you guys have not given him, you know, an acknowledgement in memoriam. Academy, um, Jeff Conway, uh, he's still dead. Yeah, Corey Ham, by the way, he's still dead, too. Uh, and they haven't acknowledged him either. Uh, as, you know, these people died, dude, you might want to say something. Um, but, um, but yeah, uh, I've got an obituary in 27, <laughs> all washed up now. So, you know, Joe Cocker died. I got all, all these people that I, that I talk about. And, you know, they're all freaking dying. So, and that's another reason for me to get my stuff done. Uh, you know, Luke Perry, 53, and I'm right there, I'm 51. So, you know, it's like, you know, my whole generation's dying off. The Eats was 54. You know, and it's, it's, it's tough. So I got to get my shit done. Yeah, I would regret your age, and I would, uh, I would regret your age and read the title of the book, 47 and still washed up, and then add your extra five years in. No, but I wasn't because I haven't because because I'm not really. I dude, I'm not. There's there's no washed up in this. Yeah, I can do. I can be an actor. It, that, that's a that's a whole play on words, dude. Um, uh, it's it, you, I, you can be an actor until you're dead. You know. Yeah, no. It's I just did an episode of Chicago PD. <clears throat> so you know, there's nothing washed up about that. Um, if you're still working. Uh, but, uh, it, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it that, that whole thing, it's a joke. It's to get people's attention. What does that mean? It means that I was 27 and I had a shift and I had to go into voiceover. That's what it meant. So it doesn't mean that I'm not capable of booking something on camera. I know Fern Persons who was in Hoosiers and she was in the movie Hoosiers, uh, cast by Ken Carlson. Um, uh, she was 102 years old when she died and she and I acted in a play called Levitation at Victory Gardens Theater in Chicago when I was, uh, 14 years old and she was like 70 something at the time. And there, she, she was always giving me shit, always, always, always giving me shit about what I was doing because I was method acting backstage and, and shit like that. Like, I was cooking popcorn, and she's like, what are you doing while she's reading? While she's sitting there reading the news, reading the newspaper. And she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm, I'm, making, I'm making popcorn because I have to go out on stage with popcorn. And she's like, can you just get out there and act? <laughs> instead, of, instead, of being, yeah, instead of being backstage and, like, preparing for the scene and stuff like that. You know, she's, she's like, can you just get out there and act? <laughs> so um, she's always constantly giving me shit for the run of the play. And, uh, and then, um, but she did her last commercial when she was 99 years old. And she did, it was like an AARP, one of those, and or Fallen, I Can't Get Up, one of those. But they came to her house and they filmed it at her bedside. She was in her bed for the entire commercial. And then, um, and then, and then died at 102. So my point is, is that you can you can continue to film commercials, you know, and and, and continue to be uh, a productive member of the entertainment business until you're dead. So and even then, I, with CGI, oh man, dude, they can put anybody's face on anything. So uh, you know, it may be long after a person's dead that they're still using their image. 
That is very true. But Iron Man facetious was lost there somehow. <laughs> Say what? Alrighty, so I said irony and facetiousness was somehow lost there. Where? That's okay. Where? I was How was irony and a little facetious and iron and irony things. Yeah, on forty-seven. Yeah, no, 47 I, uh, dude, I, I'm not insulted. I'm not insulted. Don't worry about it, man. I'm not <laughs> insulted at all. I'm just, I'm just showing, you know, I'm just explaining what's act, what actually happens in a in an actor's career or in an entertainer's career. You know, we go through different parts where different different sections of our life where we're not being productive necessarily in front of anyone. Yet we are like I'm finishing up twenty so the the re-edit so that it can be something that everyone can read so that it can you know possibly you know a twelve year old can read it so that it's not it doesn't offend anyone's delicate sensibilities so <laughs> you know that's 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 my goal. My on friend this, was just watching Blazing Saddles the other day and we were having a big debate whether they could even make that movie today. It was such a class. It'd be tough. There's a lot of racism. There's a lot of racism. Yeah, a lot of misogyny. It'd be tough. Although I see shit on the air, I, I can't believe that it actually gets greenlit. I don't, you know, like Euphoria. Have you seen Euphoria? It's like, uh, I, dude, I don't, I, I don't know how they got it. I mean, it's, it's, it's obvious how they got it greenlit. There's some major players that are producers on this thing, and but I'm, I'm not sure. Because it's really graphic, and it's and and it's supposed to be slice of life from you know now, from 2019, and it's just really overly graphic, and I'm not sure how it's. What's it about? I haven't sure. heard about it. Nah, uh, you just should watch it, and then you know make you know figure it out for yourself. It just shows a lot of sick parts of society. Where with daylight sucks. Yeah, we're going to show a lot of sick parts what? of society, but then we're going to kill those people. <laughs> so, right. you know, we're not going to we're not going to freaking you know let them hang around and create more havoc. Where it just seems like oh. they, you know this is supposed to be I mean uh, reality based. So, the content. I'm just coming down Kellogg Hill where I used to live in West Covina. You might be able to see LA from here. There's so much smog and haze out right now. Yeah, not anymore, dude. Yeah, not anymore. Just a brown cloud. Just a brown cloud. Disappointed. Yeah, it's freaking sad. All right, well, we're at 3.30. We're halfway through. We're going to take a short little break. We're going to play a little bit of Blake MacGyver's Mother. If I can pull up my uh, radio, I have about six screens open on my phone while I'm driving here, and I want to make sure I don't... Okay, well, that's that's kind of dangerous. you got to... Pay attention. Yes, please pay attention to the road. Why don't you pull over, dude? Six screens. What are you because doing? I, I want to get there. Here's little mother. We'll be back in a couple seconds, guys. All right, brother. Mother told me, listen, child, my beauty is the sea, and my anger makes it wild. A star will burn until it dies. My earth will shake until I make all my children cry. Mother, 
Um, yeah, and talk about we talk about whatever the, what the hell you want to talk about, not not what we want to talk about usually. But um, uh, yeah, who was that artist just now that you play? That's Blake MacGyver, child actor. Blake MacGyver. Blake MacGyver. He's a uh, he's a uh, he's a good singer. He's uh, just there's quite a few shows in L.A. at the Rockwell, and he was on. He was a child actor on Full House, and he also did uh, oh, what's from called? He was in the um, Little Rascals movie. He played the spoiled rich kid in the Little Rascals movie, and now he's does acting and singing, and he's down in Dallas right this very second doing a play. As a matter of fact. Nice. But that song always confuses awesome. me. There's lots of ah ah ahs at the end. I never know when he's going to stop. Ah ah ah. Oh no, no. Yeah, you do. They count it out. They count it out. It's like <laughs> sixteen. It's like sixteen bars, isn't it? It's it's counted out. The end of that song. Uh, I know when the end of the song is. Why don't you know the end of that song? Listen to the music. Count it. There's always a, you know, it's a, it's a Park. I have to have both hands on the steering wheel. I can't count. It's Baldwin Park. It's scary. <laughs> Why can't you? It's not scary. I like Baldwin Park. It's the home of In-N-Out. Baldwin Park was the very first In-N-Out ever. Nice. Do they still have a 50s-style In-N-Out there? Or a 60s? They have the original In-N-Out here. It says something about home of the original In-N-Out. And it's still very dated, yes. It is very 50 style, though. Nice. So it is here, right here in Baldwin Park. Just past it, as a matter of fact. Wait, You're what not else stopping. is in the news that's interesting? How we could you to not stop about, it? Uh, um, Anthony, no, Anthony no. McKee. Uh, I think, I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing his name right. The guy that played Falcon. Um, he's replacing Chris Evans as Captain America. And I'm not sure how that actually goes. Aren't we going to be like, wait, you just play Falcon, so how, how, why is he? Why is he now Captain America? I think it's an interesting choice to choose an African American for Captain America, especially in this time. Right. What happened? It all it all came to pass on the last Avengers movie, so the Avengers Endgame. He's he's it in the very end, and they had Captain America. I'm part of the plot, and spoiler alert if you haven't seen it if you're not one of the 8 billion people that bought tickets to it. But uh, part of Captain Captain America's ending in in Avengers Endgame, Captain America had to go back and put what they call these infinity stones back in places of time where they found them. They had to go through time to make everything right in Avengers Endgame. So Captain was supposed to go put these things back in time and be back, and literally they used a time machine to do all this, and was supposed to literally be back in a blink of an eye, basically. Did not come back in a blink of an eye, and when when it cuts to a bench near the time machine, and all of a sudden you see Captain America there as a very old man. And uh, so the Falcon and Bucky, who was Captain America's sidekick, for a very long time, and is also part of the, known as the Winter Soldier, goes over to see Captain America as a very old man, and uh, says, "What happened, Cap?" He says, "I did a little end, little end game, and it shows a uh, a um, fade into 
he got to find the love of his life back in 1940s, where Captain was originally from, and fight out his life with her. And he came back and handed off his shield to the Falcon. They were all really good oh, friends. okay. So that's that's how it's so, happening. Okay. Well, yeah, I didn't yeah, see it. So I handed it I off. In <clears throat> hey, thanks for ruining that for me, Scott. I, I appreciate. It. Thanks for ruining that for me. I haven't seen the majority of the movies, but I, I mean, I've seen the majority of the movies, but I'm still haven't seen all of them. But so thanks for that, man. I appreciate the spoiler. I said spoiler alert. I said spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> you know, I'm just messing with you, man. And then one oh, of the good. things too that's been teased, um, Marvel is now joining the streaming game Disney and Marvel, part of the endless streaming games of the eight million networks that have their own streaming thing, like CBS and all that. And right. that is going to be a new Disney slash Marvel streaming series, Captain and Bucky, with uh, with uh, the Falcon playing Captain. It's going to be on their new streaming nice. service, new series coming soon. So nice. That's what that is all about. Okay. Well, now I understand spoiler. it. Just wanted to throw in a little pop culture spoiler alert. It's all good. I like that. I like a little pop culture in there. Uh, um, Facebook, I guess that's kind of pop culture, isn't it? Supposedly the moderators, um, the ones that are, that are, uh, like the, the people that are in there watching everything that's passing by and that are supposed to decipher and they're supposed to block shit and do stuff like that. Um, uh, they're, their working conditions. And this is supposedly cause my source sucks. So um, at least I'm willing to admit it, uh, that their working conditions are kind of horrific. Like they've got, it's like telemarketers, their working conditions usually are pretty horrific as well. So maybe I'm just defending all telemarketers uh, because that's virtually what the Facebook moderators do. They sit in a room in a warehouse that is packed full of people. So, and, and you know, decipher messages and, and answer phone calls and all, well, not the Facebook people, but the telemarketers still. Right. So, and there, you know, there's, the, the conditions are really bad. There's, you know, hardly any bathroom space. There's hardly any, there's hardly any space for anybody in the rooms themselves. And they've been going through it a lot, uh, telemarketers have. So the Facebook moderators Facebook are going through the same money, thing. Do they? They're a poor company, right? <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, Facebook has a lot of money and could be treating their employees much better. So that's what supposedly they're complaining about right now. And it's most likely going to be an NLRB, a National Labor Relations Board thing coming up here. Um, that's at least what I've what I've read and what my sources are, are saying. Um, and once again, my sources suck on this. So um, it's quite possible that they're just trying to throw shit out there against Facebook when there's nothing. Uh, but um, but I do, you know, I do understand that like telemarketers and I'm not so sure about like the OnStar people. And I really like OnStar. So I don't want to even, you know, like you know, like bash them at all. Um, I really like them. And that may be why um, uh, they're because their employees, when you're talking to them, actually treat you really, really well. So, you know, they're really there to just basically serve you. And that's what we need when we call OnStar, when we call a service like that. Um, you know, we need directions most of the time. But in an emergency situation, you're going to it's like death. 
So, you know, for them to be responding to you and to be talking to you is a pretty, uh, an amazing thing. And the way they treat you is really well. So I'm, I'm assuming, and I, I guess I could ask, not that they could say anything, but the next time I talk to an OnStar employee, uh, you know, I could be like, you know, how's your working conditions? But they're not going to say shit. I would imagine that their working conditions are, are really good. And, like, they've got enough space, bathroom and breaks and all the stuff that they need. So, you know, and, and, all, right. and, and you know, not only working conditions, but also any of the benefits. So I, I, I just yeah, assume that it's a, a little better. I've before, and then when I was with you and Katie, you guys came up to visit me in Vegas. That was my first experience. They were pretty good, pretty proactive, and I, I, I was impressed with them. Yeah, and the they're funny, too. I, they, they know what they're doing. Yeah, and I always try to, you know, talk to them and, and make them laugh. And, you know, when, when I'm, you know, I always try to, like, be personable when I'm talking to them. So um, find out a little bit something about what's going on in their day as opposed to just being like, you know, uh, I need directions. So, you know, yeah, you right, just right. push any automated thing can do that. So, you know, it's 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 better. And they're really nice. They, they, they're ultimately just really nice. Every experience I've had with a non-star employee has been a good one. I haven't had a bad experience. So I'm assuming that the working conditions are good. Otherwise, the experience might be might not be as good. So, you know, right. like when you're dealing with telemarketers. Yeah, you can kind of tell when employees are stressed over the phone in those customer service type positions. And you're sure yep. that those people are probably not loving their best life in those positions. But when they're stuck in a little tiny cubicle with somebody friendly. else sitting literally right next to them within 12 inches of them, and, you know, and then right. somebody else sitting on the other side within 12 inches and everybody hearing everybody else's conversations, it's, you know, it's got to be oh, just a little nuts. So that's what right. I'm talking There's about. There's people it's, that can be happy no matter what's happening, but normally if they come across as happy on the phone, they're pretty happy in their working conditions, I find. Right. Hey, Hope Hicks, uh, number 45's, like, confidant, like the, 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 the woman that was, you know, uh, buffering all the news and, and all, all of that during his campaign. Hope Hicks, she is right. currently testifying in front of the House Judiciary Committee. <laughs> yeah, nothing happened. She it, 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 you're called in. I heard she was going to take a lot of the fifth, though. I heard she wasn't going to talk about yeah. It depends. It depends on the conversation. I haven't heard anything as far as I just know that she's she's currently there. So, um, uh, and I, well, love, I have you know, heard they, that they don't have the relationship they had where they used to be very no, very don't. close. She was the big gatekeeper, but he's put her through yep. so much bullshit. <laughs> yep. Not personally, he put her through it, but because of everything he's done, it's it's fell on her so much. She's not a happy camper anymore. Like right. she used to be. Yeah, they supposedly, and my source is pretty good on this one, uh, they supposedly haven't talked since she left the White House. So uh-huh. that's, you know, yeah, uh, that's glaringly obvious. <laughs> She's like, no, 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 I'm out. I'm gone. You're a douchebag. I'm out. So I'm not talking to you anymore. Right. Don't call me. And then when he does call, he calls her. <laughs> she doesn't answer the phone. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's like, no, woman scorned. No, no, done. I love that. <laughs> <Fantastic>. <laughs> yep. um, cool. 
uh, there's on on with this. This, this is very similar uh, because I'm sure they're talking about the Russians uh, in those House Judiciary Committee meetings that they are currently taking with OPEX. Um, there are four, uh, three Russians and a Ukrainian uh, who are charged with the shooting down of Malaysian Airlines uh, Flight 17 in uh, um, uh, over in, like five years ago. Um, I don't know if oh, everybody, they you know, with them. yeah, no, they charge four people, and um, uh, they. I, I'm sure I'm going to butcher their names. Uh, they have already issued national and international arrest warrants um, in in uh, in those areas and well all over the world obviously if it's international. Um, uh, let's see if I can actually do this. Uh, Igor Gherkin. So there's the first dude. He's a colonel in the Russian Federal Secret Service. Um, he was, uh, th- these guys aren't necessarily responsible for pulling the trigger on the missile that took down, uh, MH-17, but, um, uh, they are responsible for organizing all of this and getting the missile to a certain point so that, and purchasing the missile and, and then, uh, um, you know, being there as it was launched. They didn't necessarily, you know, press the button. They had soldiers to do that. So, um, but uh, Sergey, dude, I don't even know if I can do this. Say what? There you are. I couldn't hear you for a second. Oh, wait, what did I not, what did you miss? What did I, what what broke up? No, you were just finishing up about the, uh, you got through Oleg, the first name, then you phased out. No, Oleg is the is the other name. It's uh, Oleg's the other dude. Oleg's the Ukrainian dude. Um, it's uh, Igor. Igor. That's the only Durkin, name I heard. Uh, yeah, he's a colonel in the Russian Federal Secret Service, and uh, these guys aren't necessarily responsible. Once again, what I said is that they're not responsible for actually shooting down the actual pushing of the button but they are responsible for purchasing and getting the missile and because it was a missile that took down MH-17. Um, uh, they, uh, and, and Sergei Dupekiskili, I freaking dude, I'm butchering the hell out of it. Uh, he was, <laughs> yeah, thank you. He was a, uh, Russian military. He was a, a member of the Russian military agency, the GRU. Uh, Oleg Pulitov uh, was a soldier um, in uh, Russian Special Forces, uh, and uh, Leonid Karchenko, Karchenko, hey, wow, I can actually try to read this. Um, uh, He was, he's a Ukrainian, and he was believed to have been in charge of a combat unit in 2004 in uh, Dantwisk. I don't know. I guess it's in the Ukraine. Um, so yeah, so that's a that's a, a gringo butchering the hell out of another gringo language because <laughs> Russian is a gringo <laughs> language. <laughs> so I even having a problem with that. Um, but yeah, uh, Russians once again responsible um, for uh, attacking this world and uh, and trying to cause shit. Um, and the 
Russians, all of these guys are supposedly located in Russia, but they will not extradite. They will not extradite war criminals. Yeah, Russia, you're a great place there, man. You're a great place. Won't extradite yeah, war criminals. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Putin, you're right. a cool guy. Call me, 347-989-0126. We can talk about how cool you are. Wouldn't that be awesome? Well, call of course, Putin? our president announced today <laughs> that I saw he's going to make a national address on 4th of July. They're going to have a big 4th of July thing in Washington. And, of course, he's going to speak. And that's not going to be partisan at all. So that's going to be an interesting 4th of July day to see what he decides to say. Uh, okay. Or is he going to talk about other shit? All right. Who knows what he's going to talk about? And then uh, if our economy is doing so good, why is he all pissed off that the feds won't lower uh, interest rates? The Fed decided to keep the interest rates the same, and he's all pissed my off that they can lower <laughs> Is it? Yeah, my lighter's dying. That sucks for me. Oh, no. Anyway, I'm sorry. What were you saying? Well, I was just reading about interest rates. The Fed today decided to not lower interest rates, keep them the same, and Trump is all saying that we have to lower them. I thought we only lower interest rates in a bad economy. What's he, what's he saying about his own economy here? Does he think we're getting ready to fall, free fall? Well, he's supposed to be trying to make things better for people, you know, economic-wise, right? right? And he hasn't helped out the middle class at all, and he hasn't helped out the lower class at all. So he's got to do something. It would help to lower interest rates all the way around, wouldn't it? Um, I guess so. It does. I mean, it does for people trying to get more, but they're still pretty darn low from what they were before. And if the economy's booming, that's when interest rates are usually raised a bit, because the right. people that affect the most lower are businesses up. borrowing from yeah, but it. But that'll help. Um, Won't that help people? If your mortgages are still low. It doesn't. Good. If he does something good, great. Yeah. Yeah. If he's doing doing <clears throat> something good, yeah. Well, you know, somebody that's really low low income, usually they're renters. So they're not going to be be owning a house, and but so it'll right. affect the middle class a lot on interest rates. If you're talking about mortgages, it'll affect people a lot, and they'll be able to have more money to be able to survive, which is what people need. From what I can tell out there, everybody's just trying to friggin' survive, and it's tough. It's not easy. It's not a freaking easy world, man. That is true. I'm in downtown L.A. now. Stand to your window and wave at me. I made it to downtown okay. L.A. I'm all the way over in, currently over in the valley. So you're, oh, you're downtown. I can't really, can't really wave at you. Okay. I was looking for you. I can, but you're not gonna, you're not gonna see me. So I'm, I'm up on top of that hill, uh, right there. All right, kind of over to the right. <laughs> you see that oh, one? Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, that one. I'm on top of that thing. I was looking yeah. at the other. I was looking at the bird the over to the left. Sucks. <laughs> Wi-Fi signal sucks here. Right, right. All right, so we have five minutes. What do you want to end on? What? Since I took away your weather from the beginning. We have wow. about four minutes left. I guess I could end on Anything weather. You? We've had ex- we've had extreme weather events happening all over the United States over the past. <laughs> I don't even know. Easily the past month and a half now, we're we're well into 
know, uh, extended days of, of weather events of some kind or another. Over the weekend, we had 20, on, on Father's Day, I think, we had 20 tornadoes. And that's a crazy amount of shit. The amount of flooding is just ridiculous. Y'all might want to start floodwater relocation already. Uh, all I was going to do is doing? help you out. drive down south in a week and a half or two weeks? Oh, I can't tell you, dude. I told you, you know, talk to me two days before and I'll look at the maps and I'll tell you what's going on. It's changing so fast on a daily basis. We've got we've got high pressure systems that set in and clear everything up. And then we've got low pressure systems that are literally right on top of them. And they're they're like doubling up. There's been multiple high pressure systems, one on top of an, uh, another, literally on the map, on top of another, <laughs> like one's north and one's south. And then there's two low pressure systems. Usually it's just one and one. Now we're getting multiple systems hitting us all at once. It's very messed up. Wow, I almost swore. It's very messed up. You stopped and, it, but we've uh, had a good episode. We haven't sworn up episode. Another good one. Well, I, you know, douchebag and shit don't count, right? So I'm I'm all good on that. I'm liking it. <laughs> just, want, just want to get those out there. On Grandpa yeah. Boulevard, I need to go get a Tommy Burger very badly. Oh, dude, you're right there. You're right there. Go I'm to right Tommy's. Mm. Tommy's might be packed this time of the day, though, man. This know. is this time of the day. Tommy's is usually packed, and uh, and uh, what should we call it? Uh, like three o'clock in the morning. So like right. you know, twelve hours from now. So it's it's jam packed as well. All I can think of whenever I see Rampart Boulevard is Tommy Burgers. And what was that, Emergency 51? Wasn't that Station 51, Emergency, the old TV show? He used to play right. with Adam 12 or something, and they were right. Rampart something or other? I, I think it was Rampart Rampart 12, Rampart 11, Rampart, Rampart. Something like that. Now, was it Rampart 51? Didn't they? It was Emergency 51, was the, because it was 51 was their, their truck number, right? Right. From what I recall. It wasn't the firehouse number, was it? No, it might have been the firehouse number. number. No, that was their truck number. Okay, so but Rampart was where the firehouse was. So it was Rampart, Rampart 13 or Rampart 12, something. When they would, I would remember them going over the speaker and saying that from right. wherever the emergency operator was. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I watched the show. I actually had so some old. of so some of the toys, oh. dude. I actually had the emergency 51 truck and the the paramedic unit. And I had the dolls. I'm actually saying dolls. Nice. I played with dolls when I was a child. Um, yeah, I actually had those. I don't know what happened to them. They seem to have disappeared over the years. Those would have been fun to have right now. Yeah, they would. Because they had a in the All paramedic right. unit, they had a uh, freaking uh, stretcher and a and a person who was injured. So a doll that was. <laughs> Injured, so it was it pretty even cool. Even came but. with an injured bystander. I love it came it. with it. Came with an injury, an injured victim. Yep. That's amazing. All right, Didage, we're gonna wrap it up. We're gonna have today followed in just a minute. We're at the Randy Report out of Las Vegas, talking about all the LGBT news of the week. And then at six o'clock, uh, we have uh, excuse me, five o'clock. We have Astro Kiki Radio, where astrology and pop culture mixes. Uh, Craig, thanks for standing on my soapbox again. We'll be back the next two days, special time, 3 o'clock, all June long. I, I, so I bye, like the special time. Peace. I do, too. Later.
space. Welcome to the Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of therandyreport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. In this week's headlines, superstar Ricky Martin slams and kills a religious freedom bill in Puerto Rico. Brazil's high court adds homophobic and transphobic crimes to the South American country's racism laws. We remember that bisexuals are part of Pride Month, too, and Grammy Award winner Billy Porter drops a new LGBTQ Pride anthem. All that and more in this episode of The Randy Report. If you ever needed an example of how social media and celebrity can, in fact, help us in our fight for equal rights in the LGBTQ community, international pop star Ricky Martin put those powers front and center this week. Lawmakers in Puerto Rico had crafted House Bill 2069, which would allow government employees to refuse to serve citizens if they believe it clashes with their deeply held religious beliefs. In other words, a license to discriminate against gay people. On Tuesday, Puerto Rico's House of Representatives approved the legislation, and the bill was headed to the Senate. The bill sparked fierce outcry from civil rights groups and LGBTQ activists on the island, as well as U.S. Democratic presidential candidates Julian Castro, Elizabeth Warren, and Bernie Sanders, who voiced their opposition to the legislation. And so, just days after Ricky Martin had led the 62nd National Puerto Rican Day Parade, he took to his social media to publish an open letter criticizing House Bill 2069. He wrote, While the world calls for equality, respect for diversity, and the defense of human rights, members of the Senate and the House of Representatives and the governor of Puerto Rico are pushing for a measure that goes against all of the above, and it encourages division, prejudice, hatred, and the lack of respect for individuality. It does so under a premise that undermines the constitutional protections against discrimination on the basis of race, sex, or belief, and in its place justifies an irrational protection of the religious convictions of government employees. Martin went on to say that HB 2069, filed at the request of Governor Ricardo Rossello, achieves nothing more than opening the doors 
to hatred towards anyone who doesn't share the same ideology, who simply belongs to the LGBTQ community, or who don't have the same skin color amidst many other discriminatory measures. In simple language all can understand, Martin declared, authentic religious freedom calls for respecting everyone equally. Martin said he is vehemently opposed to the proposed measure, which he felt was being imposed under the guise of religious freedom, which he said, quote, degrades us as a society and projects us to the world as a backwards country, unwilling to honor the basic constitutional right of individuality. In closing, Martin wrote, this movement is not representative of the Puerto Rico that we all love, defend, and hold so dear. We call on the Senate, the House, and Governor Ricardo Rossello to reject this effort, which is an open door to hatred and discrimination. And just hours after Martin's letter was released, Governor Rossello asked legislators to shelve the bill, saying in a statement that, quote, instead of reaching a consensus on a basis of mutual respect, it provokes the division of our people. Rossello had apparently told legislators he would sign the bill if they would also approve legislation that would ban so-called conversion therapy in Puerto Rico. Now, as I've said many times on the Randy Report, conversion therapy is the harmful practice of attempting to change someone's sexual orientation or gender identity. It's been widely denounced by major medical organizations like the American Medical Association and the American Academy of Pediatrics. In the aftermath of the Religious Freedom Bill, Rossello asked lawmakers to shelve that bill as well. Rossello had already banned conversion therapy via executive order in March, and that will stand. Now that's what I call using our powers for good. Bravo, Ricky Martin. Brazil's high court has ruled that acts that discriminate against LGBTQ people will now be included in the South American country's laws prohibiting racism. In an 8-3 vote, Brazil's Supreme Federal Court agreed to criminalize discrimination against LGBTQ people. Passed in 1989, the country's statutes outlawing racism allow prison sentences for up to five years. USA Today reports that Justice Carmen Lucia noted in a ruling that the LGBT community is treated differently in Brazil's discriminatory society and, as a result, face a higher rate of violence. It's worth noting that although Brazil legalized same-sex marriage in 2013, violence against LGBTQ individuals is common. Grupo de Bahia an organization that tracks LGBT hate crimes reported in January 2018 that there were 387 murders in Brazil during 2017. All of those were directly related to homophobia or transphobia. In 2018, the number of LGBTQ people murdered rose to 420. Activists say the increase in violence correlates, to some degree, with the election of virulently homophobic President Jair Bolsonaro, who took office in January this year. Bolsonaro has made no secret the disdain he holds for LGBTQ people. His record as a lawmaker includes a long history of anti-LGBTQ votes, and he promised to erase pro-LGBTQ and pro-women movements during the 2018 campaign. 
In a 2011 interview, he told Playboy Brazil he would prefer to have a dead son than a gay son. And the new president has also downplayed gay tourism in his country. In April, he told Crusoe magazine, if you want to come here and have sex with a woman, go for your life. But he added that Brazil cannot be a country for gay tourism because we have families here. Predictably, Bolsonaro criticized the ruling, saying it could hurt people who identify as LGBTQ. He told reporters that the ruling could lead to employment discrimination against the LGBTQ community, saying employers might think twice before hiring a gay person out of fear they could be accused of homophobia. I think LGBTQ people will stick with Brazil's high court and the new legal protections. Helen Parshall penned an essay for the Human Rights Campaign that reminds how pride can be a hard time for those who fall within the bisexual, pansexual, queer, and sexually fluid community. Studies have shown that bisexual people make up nearly 50% of the LGBTQ community, but often they're made to feel like they're not queer enough. They face skepticism, harmful stereotypes, and can be ignored and excluded from LGBTQ spaces. Bi people are often invisible to each other also, and all these things can make going to your first pride feel incredibly daunting. Wherever you are in your journey with bisexuality is exactly where you're supposed to be, and pride is a celebration of your identity too. Partial shares that she attended her first pride when she was 22 years old. It was just weeks after coming out as bisexual to her family, and she was planning to celebrate with other queer and bisexual friends, who canceled at the last minute due to bad weather. Seeing her disappointment, her father asked if he could borrow one of her Human Rights Campaign t-shirts and go with her to the festival. She shares that they ended up having an incredible time, and her dad is one of her biggest champions to this day. Part of Pride Month is learning to empower ourselves, and that starts by building a community around us of people who accept us exactly as we are, whether it's friends, family, or a chosen community. So this year, whether you're wearing a bisexual or pansexual flag as a cape, pride is a celebration for you too. Bisexual people come from all backgrounds, racial and ethnic groups, faith communities, socioeconomic levels, and gender identities. I personally encourage you to get your pride on because visibility helps us all find each other. Partial reminds that Brenda Howard, the mother of pride, credited for organizing the 1970 Christopher Street Gay Liberation Day Parade on the one-year anniversary of the Stonewall Riots, was actually bisexual. Happy Pride, folks! Does your favorite kind of music reveal if you're a top or a bottom? A new survey by TickPick, an online ticketing service, was interested in if the music folks listen to affects sexual preferences, attitudes, and fetishes. Over a thousand music fans, gay, straight, and all in between, responded to a survey asking if their sexual preference was to be on the top or on the bottom. That was the language they used. Now, we all know you can be, let me say, the insertive or receptive partner in either physical position, so let's take this all with a grain of salt as we don't know how folks might have interpreted the question. In any case, 
the survey showed fans of country music, show tunes, pop, alternative, and indie rock say they prefer being, quote, on the bottom. Country music led the way with 48% preferring the bottom bunk. On the other end of the spectrum, reggae, folk, EMD, jazz, and blues music fans tended to choose being on top. Not sure if it's the rhythm, but reggae music fans topped the graph at 37%. Interestingly, there was no question for versatile folks. Hmm. Also from the survey, the overall favorite sexual position chosen by 36% of respondents was doggy style, and BDSM was the most mentioned fetish and was the top choice of indie rock fans. For some reason, that doesn't surprise me. Role play was the next preferred fetish, with 47% of country music fans leading that pack. Plus, it turns out technology comes in handy for couples who have different musical tastes. 17% of respondents shared they have sex while wearing their Apple AirPods. And one last factoid, country music fans were the least likely to use contraceptives during sex with just under 50% reporting usage. And over 25% of these same country fans admitted to having one-night stands. I'll have a link in the show notes for the full results of the survey. Billy Porter, the Grammy and Tony Award-winning star of FX's Pose, dropped his latest single, an LGBTQ pride anthem titled Love Yourself, written and produced by transgender artist Dee Smith. On social media, Porter announced, I'm thrilled to be spreading the message of self-love to my community whose humanity and worth have been up for legislation for way too long. On this 50th anniversary of Stonewall, I'm proud to unite with my LGBTQ brothers and sisters to remind the world that we're here and we ain't going nowhere. Love always wins. In the gospel-inspired up-tempo, Billy sings in a call-and-repeat with the chorus, Mirror, Mirror on the Wall, Confidence Unstoppable. Self-love is the solution. Be a part of this revolution. The 49-year-old Grammy and Tony Award winner will co-host ABC's telecast of the 2019 Pride March in New York City and serve as Grand Marshal alongside his Pose co-stars. In related news, just days after the premiere of Season 2 of Pose, with its best numbers ever in terms of viewers, FX has announced the series is already renewed for Season 3 in 2020. In a statement, FX chairman John Landgraf said, Pose has elevated our culture and the TV landscape like few shows before it, and we are honored to partner with co-creators Ryan Murphy, Brad Falchuk, and Stephen Cannells on a third season. Congratulations to the whole Pose posse. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you would share The Randy Report with your friends. I like to think of this podcast as the 60 minutes of gay news, only shorter. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. I'm going to close with just a bit of Billy Porter's uplifting new song, Love Yourself. I join Billy in encouraging you to do exactly that. Thanks for listening, folks. See you next time.
Welcome to Astro Kiki Radio. We are the e-news of astrology. Today, we'll be diving into the cosmic guidance from the stars, celebrities, and entertainment lifestyle. Thanks for joining us, and let's see what the universe has in store. Hello, universe, and welcome to Astro Kiki Radio. We have a fabulous show planned today with lots of cosmic stardust which we can integrate into our lives and all of the juiciest Hollywood stories. Hey everybody, I am Sam Davidson, entertainment news journalist, pop culture junkie, celebrity fanatic. I am so excited to be here today talking about the biggest stories of the week and I'm super excited to announce to you guys our special celebrity guest, Elizabeth Francis. Thanks so much for being here. Hey, hey thanks for having me. I'm so excited. So, Elizabeth, I feel so strongly about I interviewed you for the company I work for, MEA, a few months ago, and um, I interviewed you for the show you were currently on, The Sun, and it had Pierce Brosnan, it was, you know, huge, huge network. Tell me a little bit about how you landed that role, because your role in it is so unique. You don't even speak English in it at all. Yeah, I am. Um, gosh, landing that role, I on the show I speak three languages, so that was its own challenge, I love and that. it was amazing. And uh, and we got to spend time. You know, I spent time in Comanche Nation, in Oklahoma, learning about the the culture because every tribe is different, and learning about the language because every language is different. And learning how to bareback ride, and it was really this like so cool. tremendous adventure, lots of growth. Um, uh, it's set in this you know historical Western drama with Pierce as our lead, and um, I like to you know brag a little bit on the uh, his original love on that <laughs> show. <laughs> She's like it's like the woman that sets everything uh, down a dark path after I can say it now it's aired. Yeah, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Yes. Spoiler alert. Um, And the show has taken its final bow, sadly, but you have done so many other really, really huge things. You have been in NBC's Heartbeat. You were in a movie produced by Robert Redford, which premiered at Sundance. You have done so many cool things, but what I love is that I think you're such an up-and-coming artist and actress, and you've been covering and being on all these different red carpets, all these events, and so it's like Hollywood knows that you're creeping up on them. And I can feel it, too. Well, I mean, there's no creeping, because when we're looking at these stars, there's definitely alignment. So that's really great. Yeah, I'm so excited to to dive into all of that for you, because it's, you know, looking at everyone's charts, you know, originally when we just had your birth date, we were able to see, you know, half of the picture of what was going on. So for Pisces, all of that. And so instantly I knew, okay, there's a lot of this great, great energy in the career happening here. But then also now that we have all of the details for your natal chart, then I could go a little bit more deeply into it and digest other incredible aspects that you're going to be able to harness as well. I'm so excited because for me it's like astrology for dummies, so I'm going to ask all of the questions. Yeah. Good. Please do. Well, Kyle, we have a pretty crazy week coming up ahead, so tell us what's going to be going on. This is true. So, you know, done, done, done. We've got Mercury retrograde approaching. That is actually going to be happening in July. But the thing about Mercury Retrograde that we're going to kind of learn about today is the different stages that we interact with. So there's a thing that some astrologers and people in pop culture are starting to learn about that's called the shadow. There's a pre-shadow and then there's a post-shadow. 
So each of those periods are when we are still actually going through effects of a Mercury retrograde situation. However, it is not the most intense period because that actually happens when the planet goes backwards. So to kind of break it down here, we're going to dive right in. So Mercury enters shadow on June 20th. This means that the conversations and information that is exchanged now until August 15th will be very much in flux. Whenever any retrograde uh, planet begins and the inner planets are affected, particularly Venus, Mercury, or Mars, these affect our lives very intensely because that's our relationships, communication, all of those kinds of things. You know, but with the, the outer planets when it comes to Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, you know, anything Neptune, we don't feel those as intensely because they're retrograde for about five months of the year, every year, so they rule bigger areas of our lives. So basically the signs that are being most affected for mer Mercury retrograde are like cancer and things like that? Well, there's a few different ways. Everyone obviously is going to be kind of universally affected because Mercury rules, rules communication and, and technology. So anything with working parts is going to have a lot of uh, a breakdown, reassessment, so that you can find a better pattern to actually integrate it more uh, effectively into your routine and your life and, and all of that. So that's something that's really crucial to kind of pay, pay attention to. But one little, little known thing is that for <laughs> Taurus, which is me, it actually also rules not only our money, but it rules my love life. So every fucking time I have a Mercury retrograde, I'm always dealing with exes from the past, and all Taurus will as well. So, like, that is something, I know. It's, but like, you've it's been like a mini Venus retrograde for me every time. I know, I know, you know. So, but, so that's, you know, but because it rules those parts of my chart, you know, so for Pisces, it would rule, it actually, let me think. And Elizabeth is a Pisces. I'm a Pisces. Yeah, so I'm trying to think of, so it would rule actually your partnerships. Oh. So any important business partnerships or, you know, collaborators, agents, managers, yeah. those things will always be in flux for all Pisces there. And then they're also going to affect your home life. Is that right? Do I have it right? Yes. So anything to do with domesticity, family communication breakdowns, those things are tending to be uh, also, you know, especially in flux because Mercury in your chart okay. rules those areas. Isn't that really crazy? The partnerships. Like yeah. Money relationships and partnerships. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, but on top of, you know, the general effects of, you know, cars breaking down, computers breaking down, phones going on fritz, emails getting lost, that kind of stuff. So, you know, that's just kind of in general. In the shadows. Yeah. yeah. So for you, uh, it would be... What I normally go through every day. Just <laughs> <laughs> well, media is always because of the way that Libra and, and... So Mercury rules Gemini and it rules Virgo. So that's how I can know where it falls into the chart of how it's actually going to be affecting things very specifically to that time. So for you... That is media, mass communication, you know, big advertising, academics. Those things for all Libras are going to kind of be in flux. But also, oh, it's um, in your 12th house. So the, the 12th house is all about uh, your renewal and healing and any of the, like, the old karma that's kind of being dug up that always comes up for you every Mercury retrograde, things that you have to release in order to improve and grow from. So yeah, so that's just really, that's very, very specific. So sorry about that. Guys. Well, yeah. question though, I mean, is it possible for a Mercury retrograde to be actually a good experience for Absolutely. somebody? Well, they all are. 
you know, ultimately every retrograde here is to teach us something. And I always really do focus upon, you know, we want to live our life of abundance or we want to be redirected on our soul path to, to live the life that is actually most beneficial in this lifetime for us and, and, and have those specific milestones happen. If we're running forward all the time, we don't have the opportunity to take, to take a step back and learn and breathe and realize that we might have to pivot directions to get more things. But I want. keep on learning. I'm, you know, I just want to to have a little, it's, it's Mercury retrograde for me feels like going to the dentist. You know, you get that call and you go, I swear to God, I just went. You're like, I know it's good for me. I don't want to do this again. I don't want to show anyone. Exactly. Right. But that's in there. That's between yeah. the molars. I should make a meme about that. <laughs> totally, totally. Mercury retrograde is like going to the dentist. Again, it's time. I was just here. Yeah. I was going to say going to the gynecologist. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I'm never going to have that experience. Mazel so. <laughs> tov. Right. So, all right. So to dive into specifically about the retrogrades, I've written up some information here. So the Mercury retrograde pre-shadow corresponds to the time during during which Mercury, tra- Mercury traces the path in the sky that it will later return to as it moves backward during the actual Mercury retrograde phase. Often it is during this time that the conditions are set up for the retrograde phase that follows. As Mercury slows down just prior to its rec- retrograde motion, the contributing factors and the experiences of this cycle are strengthened. And this is indicated, you know, as we move into that part of the calendar. Then we move forward into the actual Mercury retrograde phase, and that is when Mercury appears to have stopped and then goes backward. Near the beginning and end of the retrograde phase, these are very strong effects because that's, it's, it's kind of being shaken up, it's standing still, it's, it's re, you know, addressing that. So things get very chaotic right at the beginning and right at the end, always. Mm-hmm. The retrograde phase... It's famous for revealing the consequences of inattention to detail, wrong assumptions, as well as errors in communication and transportation. So all of these are usually being set up in the pre-shadow phase. So everyone that's listening, every, you know, all us here right here too, start paying attention to the 20th until Mercury goes retrograde on the 7th of July. So we're actually, those, all of those days, we're going to be noticing where the breakdown is going to be. Because once the 7th happens, all the way until the 31st of July, that's when shit hits the fan. That's when it's going to be actually going down. But you can kind of, like a story, just see where you're going. Does that make sense? Yes, we're going to see basically like all the little, all the little crap. Yes, exactly. Right. Exactly. I'm getting it. Yes, totally. totally. Have, you, have you guys ever seen that Adam Sandler movie called Click? It's no. like his yeah. most dramatic one. Basically, he has a remote and he can click through times of his life he doesn't want to deal with. And then, <laughs> you know, the lesson in the end is that you have to experience these things because he feels like he's missed his entire life. But, you know, right now I really would like to click through Mercury Retrograde. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> right. But can I click forward and rewind? Yes, right. and just watch it. <laughs> well, so then moving forward to the post-shadow, which we will get into, get into uh, later on into August, that's when Mercury is actually moving forward again. And this phase refers to the time when we are retracing those things that happened throughout the retrograde period that we need to actually realize were important to be addressed. So this reveals all of the errors in communication and travel and, you know, connection that were going wrong. One thing that I was actually doing research on here is since this retrograde happens predominantly in Leo and Cancer, it's going to affect very specific things. 
So traditionally, retrogrades in Leo affect rulers, presidents, as well as companies and people who are in autocratic positions. So it starts there, but then it begins with this cancer pre-shadow. So the actions and response of the people or the governed will will have an effect throughout everything that's happening collectively on a major global scale. Wow, so we're talking like the higher. Yeah, totally. Exciting and terrifying. I I know. know. (laughs) I'm like, well, Trump's a Gemini, so. (laughs) But that's his ruler. It means that every. So so here's the thing, too, is that every time your ruler is, is going backwards in the sky, it actually lessens your power. So you do not have as much strength to make your endeavors happen. So Salmon, you and I are actually always on the same because we're ruled by Venus. You're Libra, I'm Taurus. So that's why when we like, we just like lose our minds, you know, like, yeah. oh my God, you know, to gay, to gay together. <laughs> together, yeah. Yeah, at but least we're together for this. <laughs> right, right. But for you, it's Neptune. Oh. And Jupiter, because you have two rulers as a Pisces. Oh, right. Because I yeah. got the two... Yeah, so Jupiter's actually retrograde right now. So you're going to see so much massive, you know, renewal and, and movement starting August 11th for the rest of the year because okay. that's when it's going to be direct again. So there's... And that's the thing is with, with astrology, we're dealing with so many cross-currents. Right. There's a lot of different factors. You know, it's very rare that there's going to be a time... There was one earlier in the beginning of this year, and there will be one again next year, where all of the planets are direct. So all of your actions and things are going to be able to move very rapidly forward. But it also means that you can burn out because you're expending all of your energy rather than having anything slow you down. Mm. Oh. So, yeah. yeah. That is so cool because you always hear about, as an astrology for dummies person, you always hear about, like, you're on sign, but there's so many factors going into it. Oh, totally, totally. And I love diving into it because you can, you can see different ways that you can harness certain things, you can utilize them. You know, let's say you want to focus on, you know, there's a good time for love, but but the planet of love is going backwards. Well, then it says maybe you should be returning to someone from your past or a con, you know, like using, using the, the, you know, rather than fighting the ocean waves and constantly being battered down, like let's ride it and go out to sea and, you know, and, and, and. Embrace all of that. So when there's storm, yeah, the wave in. Totally, mm-hmm. totally. So the last thing I'll just mention here is speaking of the of uh, you know the ocean, we are upon the summer solstice, which is the longest day of the year on June 21st. So cheers to that! Like, Woo-hoo. yay! Yeah, cool day. <laughs> yes. So this is very significant for us because it's not only the official dawn of summer, but we're transitioning into Cancer season, which we'll dive into later, which is your rising sign. So whenever cancer's highlighted, you're going to light up. And so that's really beautiful for you, um, just in general. When the sun is in cancer, collectively we can all look at this as we are very self-protective under this influence. So our attention turns to our nest, our homes, our families, or anything that makes us feel at home safe and secure. Nurturing and taking care of our loved ones or pet projects will come into focus at this time, and our emotions are going to run deep. Because of this, we are more susceptible to the ups and downs of the moon and the tides of our emotions during this time. So, you know, be aware of this, understand this, and then use it to your benefit. That's what we got for this week. I love it. Well, guys, next is my personal favorite segment, which is our pop culture segment. It is going to be great. We have some very juicy stories for you guys, so stay tuned.
everyone. Welcome back to Astro Kiki Radio. Our next segment is going to be our celebrity and pop culture segment. We have some really great, juicy stories for you guys that we cannot wait to get into. The first one is very exciting for me and probably both Kyle. We are big Swifties, big Taylor Swift fans. This has been a very big uh, month for her. As many of you may or may not know, she has been in an epic feud with Katy Perry for about the past five years, and it all started over a fight over backup dancers. Apparently, Taylor stole some backup dancers from Katie. And, Shady. Yeah. Shady. All of it out. Well, I mean, apparently, according to Katie... Taylor was the shady one, but then who knows what really happened? I mean, Bad Blood was based on the that you know that epic song that Taylor did in the music video. That was supposed to be about Katy Perry, and each of them were just publicly slamming each other, especially for women that were like very into building others up. It was unfortunate, um, you know, butt of heads. But last week, Katy Perry posted an Instagram photo of a plate of cookies with the phrase, peace at last, written in red on the plate with two peace signs. And they were from Taylor Swift. I, I bet you she baked them herself. And I bet you Katie was like, someone please eat these to make sure there's not poison in them. <laughs> this is a charge yeah. right. right, totally. But the person's still alive, so she's like, cool. So she posted it on Instagram with the <laughs> caption, uh, feels good. Tagged the location at Let's Be Friends, and Taylor responded with a bunch of heart emojis, so, you know, all is well. But Taylor has been just promoting her new music like crazy. We had Me come out this past, uh, it was in May, I believe, Me came out, and that was her first single from her new album, but we didn't know much about the album, and Kyle and I have done some, some stories on Taylor and the direction that she's going to be going in with her music and her life, but someone at iTunes is probably going to get fired soon because uh, they accidentally posted the album cover and the name of Taylor's new album and took it down like literally within minutes. Taylor is in her like rainbow merch in front of a big rainbow cloud and the title of the album is Lover. So she of course then went to Instagram Live to announce that the title of the album is, ooh, guess what, Lover. <laughs> And it is 18 tracks, which is the most number of tracks on an album she's ever had. And, you know, it all came at very interesting timing with this whole Katy Perry thing. And then to promote her newest single, You Need to Calm Down, on Instagram she was releasing the names of the stars that were going to be in the music video, which was released last week. And we got a bunch of the Queer Eye of Straight Guy guys, um, Ellen, um, Todrick, who also like produced the video with her, and... I mean, so many people and that are big, specifically in the LGBTQ community. So the video came out. They didn't mention Katy Perry's name, but it said, and more, people had hope. When the video came out, it literally um, was so beautiful and well done and fun and a super great summer anthem. Did she say you cried? Uh, no, Kyle cried. You're with me. Really? Yeah, he said he cried. Uh-huh. Yeah, on, on Instagram or Facebook, he's like, I cried. Like, yeah, I almost cried. I watched it. Yeah, and it was it's really fun. I already saw myself kind of recreating the video in the pool because she's on a little floaty like wearing her glasses and that's mm -hmm. basically where I live in my pool on a floaty. So, it is it's very true. And so we see all these people. Um Ellen is getting a tattoo that says Cruel Summer, which we think is another Easter egg. 
to what could be her next single. And then towards the end, we see Katy Perry arrive dressed up as a meatless burger, and Taylor Swift is dressed up as french fries, which represents BFF, and they hug and dance together. We're all, And then there's also a bunch of drag queens in the music video, too, that are, um, are drag queens for the most iconic pop stars. There's a Taylor drag queen, there's a Katy drag queen, there's an Adele drag queen. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. I have chills talking about it. Um, so, yeah, everything seems to be all and well in their camp, but I wanted to see Kyle, like, what do you see going on? What's the compatibility between these two women? Totally, totally. So Taylor Swift is a Capricorn rising, Sagittarius sun, and a Cancer moon. Katy Perry is a triple Scorpio across the board, so rising sun and moon. So she's a very pure Scorpio energy. She's got all of the greatest things of a Scorpio, but she's also got the darker ones too, whether or not she wants people to know that. She does hold grudges and she does play for keeps. That's why, you know, underneath all of this, she was resenting it and didn't want to get over it. But, you know, there's actually a lot of interesting things going on here astrologically, which we're going to go into. Astrologically speaking, as we've mentioned before, Taylor is going through eclipses in her identity. This is changing and shifting it, showing she is being directed to her highest purpose and wants the world to see her in new and transformative ways. Also, with Jupiter being in her sun sign until December of this year, she's in a phoenix being reborn part of her life that is establishing patterns for the next 12 years. Next year will also be big for her because of her Capricorn rising when Jupiter goes into there throughout 2020. She's getting rid of old ways of doing things, releasing the baggage and karma, and wanting to shake it off, so to speak. Also, with Jupiter being in your sign, you're luckier too. And she wants to set good patterns into the cosmos and into her life for those coming 12 years. The sun is currently in her house of partnership right now, with which it, it was showing that this is a perfect way for her to unite with Katie in a pleasant way. The house of partnership also rules open enemies too, meaning that she and Katie were all about their bad blood. I did it again. Hey now. <laughs> and now they've merged their differences into a mutually beneficial partnership now instead. That's why sometimes people say, you know, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer, because you're actually in a partnership with the people that you hate. Ooh. Yeah. Like you just dropped some wisdom mm-hmm. right there. I mean, it's literally, that's straight up Absolutely. astrology. Think about it, right? You are in partnership with your like, you friends. Exactly. <laughs> you know, totally. I'm so bad at that, though, because I kind of always just, like, fall in love with, like, the people and, and just want to automatically trust them. And it's like, oh, we're chill now. And I'm like, oh, I forget that sentiment. Keep your friends close, your enemies closer. Just because they're close doesn't mean they're your best friends. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, at the end of the day, you know, I don't want to surround myself with people that bring toxicity into my life. But even if they don't present themselves very, like, specifically in your life every day, when you when you bump into them, there's this this connection. You both are invested in hating each other or mm-hmm. not liking each other or resenting each other, you know, and investing within that. And obviously, it's best to just let that go. You know, and then you don't have to be enemies with each other, you know, or exes or anything of that nature. And I'm really in a place where I'm just releasing that. And I think everybody hopefully can get to that place, too, because holding on to that will just make you sick. Yeah. I feel like, Elizabeth, Liz, though, like, you don't have any enemies. I literally couldn't see anybody not, like, liking you or getting along with you. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm like you. I meet people and I, like, fall in love. I'm just like, I just love you. Who are you? I want to know all about you. So I've had to learn that. I've had mm-hmm. to learn that, like, you know what? Like, maybe we're not vibing. It's okay to have some space. So yeah. I, yeah, but I really genuinely, like, enjoy 
99.9% of human beings. Me too. Me too. Yeah. I used to. That's point one, though, it's real. Because I know. Yeah. I recognize it. But I'm like, no. Yeah. I see you. Well, just to finish the story, though, on Katie's end of things, Uranus, the planet of transformation and liberation, is currently in her house of partnership, shaking things up and helping her shiver out of old patterns. We'll roar out of them, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is going to liberate her more and help her establish unique partnerships, collaborations, and relationships, perhaps perhaps ones that she never even ex- expected before. So that's how it aligns specifically at this moment in time for them both. I will say that I do think Katy Perry maybe needs a boost up right now. Her music has become kind of stale and weird and just... It's all out odd. Her performances have been odd for some time, so maybe yeah, Taylor. for her Phoenix like, <laughs> rising moment. Well, she already had that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, honey, that's yeah. not happening again. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's different things. You know, we can see her like, creativity being spiked, or her career achievements being spiked, or actually she's going to have a, a new moon in that area at the end of the at the end of July. So yeah, I mean, it doesn't mean that she's on a downward spiral, but the patterns that she was building with Jupiter and her sign back in 2018 are really the most crucial ones to follow her for 12 years. Okay, well, you know what? I, I don't feel bad for her. She's marrying Orlando Bloom, so I think she'll be okay. I met them, did I tell you? No. I yeah, I bumped into them. I was at a concert, and we were just, like, hanging out in the same group, and I was like, what is that like? <laughs> so weird. Wow. So weird. Wait, I know. What concert was it? Uh, years and years. Oh, yeah, awesome. Back in, at Pride? No. No, this was back in November, and I was like... Literally, like, I was having a blast with some friends, and, um, because we personally had tickets mailed to us, or emailed to us from Ali, who's a lead singer, and, again, I was like, what am going on in my life? I, oh, my God, whatever. And then we, like, happened to just be, like, hanging out with Katy Perry and Orlando Bloom, and I was, like, literally, like, it was so crazy, because they did, like, a wave to her from the stage, and everyone turned to look at us, and I was like, oh my god, Benjamin, what is going on? And I was instantly thinking, like, how can I steal all this energy? <laughs> Sorry. I but like, I was like, I want to harness this, come on. You know, so anyways, let's move on. Well, <laughs> that's, like, that's, my weird, my that's my weird, that's my, right, right. On um, a less positive <laughs> note, we have another celebrity scandal where another man has gotten himself into some trouble. Oh. Big freaking surprise, guys. I honestly just think these things are going to be continuing to happen. I mean, the Me Too movement just really got the ball started to roll, and yeah. Our next um, guy is Cuba Gooding Jr., which is very sad. He's uh, been an inspiration to a lot of people. I mean, are you a fan, Liz? I was. was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, show me the money. But, oh, Cuba. Yeah, Cuba. So, for a while now, there have been rumors that Cuba Gooding Jr. has had some inappropriate actions towards women. And when I say for a while, like, there's so many people that are accused of things that, and the truth is, is that a lot of them are true, but aren't taken seriously. And now, like, the FBI is actually looking into a case from a few years ago of a woman coming forward um, wow. about him. But, yeah, last around last week, a an NYU student was at this very high-end New York City bar rooftop, and um, she went to the authorities afterwards because he, like, was touching her, touched her boobs, and the weird part is his girlfriend was like there the whole time. But the there's footage of it from the nightclub. It's it's on camera, and 
Um, there's another really big influencer, uh, Claudia Oshray, who has this like really cult following, including people like me. She has a podcast called The Morning Toast that I listen to every day, and she's a stand-up, and part of her stand-up routine is the time that Cuba Gooding Jr., she was out when she was 16 years old in New York City at a club with fake ID, drinking, whatever, like what kids do when they are from Manhattan, and he stuck his finger up her butt. No. And, you know, yeah, and so she's made a joke out of this. She didn't know, she was afraid to say anything to anyone because she was 16 years old in a club drinking. But so now, like, that has come out, and she's all over headlines, um, and he actually has surrendered to police in New York City and has turned himself in, and now there's all these other, like, cases that are being opened up, but... His um his lawyer still says the woman from last week was stalking him, wouldn't leave him alone, blah blah blah. So it's just but at the end I think Cuba, you know, was just like I'm just gonna turn myself in at this point. Like you do what you gotta do, I do what I gotta do. So what what's going on with him? Well, you know, we are going to be seeing a lot of these kinds of things with Capricorns coming into the light because of the eclipses. That's a big big thing that's been going on, and we we first started hitting those eclipses at the beginning of this year. So all Capricorns, you know, I this is you're you're being redirected to your highest destiny. You're not necessarily going to be, you know, exposed for negative things if you're not being doing negative things, you know. Mm-hmm. But we will be seeing actually Capricorns rise to prominence, but we'll also be seeing a lot of them fall. So just prepare for that and I'm predicting that here for the coming year and a half. Anyway. So Cuba is a Capricorn, and we are seeing a lot of Capricorns in the center stage now and will continue to now throughout all of 2020. This is because of the eclipse cycles going on and the powerful destined events that are coming to fruition. Also, with the full moon in Sagittarius happening this week, it falls in Cuba's 12th house of karma, renewal, and confinement. This is a place where the dark, dirty, deep, and intense energies lie and where we go to withdraw from the world. This area of the chart also rules rehab, therapy, or even prison which is why he is turning himself in under the mighty power of this full moon. When I read that last night when you sent me the notes, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, yeah. that's really on point and nuts. Yeah. Also, there was a new moon solar eclipse that fell very close to his birthday this year on January 5th, and he is the second, meaning he's harnessing that energy tremendously into his year. Big new beginnings and big things are coming for him. Last, with a full moon solar eclipse happening just one month away, July 16th, it is about big things coming to light about Capricorn. Sometimes this puts them in front and center in a good way, and they can bask in that glory. However, it can also illuminate big things that they do not want to expose, expose and this is the perfect example. Yeah. Well, Mm-mm. good riddance. I don't feel Snap to that. I mean, like, Snap. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the universe is going like, mm-hmm. I see you. Right? Totally. Yep. totally right? You, you think know. you're God? Get out of here. Like, so what makes someone, when is it ever a good idea to stick your finger in a stranger's butt? I mean, yeah. I, not to be gross, but I've had many men try to do that to me, and oh. it's never been a cute thing. <laughs> and I'm like, no. But, like, honestly, I mean, I haven't had it happen in quite a while, but, like, I remember being literally, like, 18 years old at the club, literally, and, you know, just dancing with with people, and, like, people would try to do that to me, and I'd be like, what? No. And that was when I was, like, all top, and I was like, get your hand out of there! Nothing goes in there! Like, never! No, 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 no. 
<laughs> right? And I'm just like, oh No. Just I'm sorry, I'm just like sweating of grossness right now. I like, know. No. And so I mean and Ugh. Claudia, you know, that girl now, she's in 26, so this was a decade ago. So he's been doing stuff like this for oh, more, I for think quite more some time. More are gonna come yeah. Oh, and join the club. Let's create a Facebook group about it. Ew. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, hopefully he, you know, he'll probably go into some like <laughs> sex addiction. It's just alcohol. So, you hear these things and you're like, how can anyone? It's so almost so ridiculous. Like it's. It's horrible and horrifying and mm-hmm. also so ridiculous. Yeah, and it just makes me <laughs> sad because it ruins all of these, like, yeah. fantasy memories that I've had. Yeah. You know, like, when he's shooting Jerry Maguire and he, run, and he won the Academy Award, and we're all thinking, oh, what a cool, good guy. Like, he's probably doing that the entire time. He's thinking all their butts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and maybe Tom Cruise liked it. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> we have not gone there Don't yet. come for me, Scientology. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Um, okay, so our third story, and this will be a quick one, but, you know, I, I like The Bachelor, and I know some of you guys, too. So um, Bachelor in Paradise couple, Crystal Nielsen and Chris Randone, they were in Bachelor in Paradise last summer. Uh, Crystal was on Ari's season, and she was the big villain. Chris was on Becca's season, which came directly after. He was also a villain. They met on Paradise yeah. I remember him. Mm-hmm. No one particularly liked either of them or was super excited to have them take any more screen time, but they got a new image last season on Paradise. They fell in love. They have a YouTube channel now. They're like they're so, they are very in love, you can tell. Um and but they're just like it's like, ugh, I feel gross. Like I don't wanna watch this anymore. This is like too much. They actually did some kind of Instagram ad um, for, I think it was a razor of some sort of him like clipping his pubes and she'd be like, come on babe, let me help you. And it's like her on the ground like shaving his pubes and it's coming everywhere. Um, but yeah. so it's like they're in love, they're great. That's another thing that I just don't even would ever want to know. Yeah. About. Love is letting your partner shave your pubes. Yeah. I, mean, I, I would do it, but like, okay, never mind. Yeah. So, um, they, Bachelor in Paradise is uh, currently shooting. Uh, Bachelor in Paradise will premiere the first week of August, I believe. And they are having, they had a surprise wedding a couple of days ago. People have covered it. It's, like, not that big of a spoiler. It's all over the Internet. And so I just was curious, like, are these two just crazy fame addicts or are they actually compatible? Sure. So let's just start at the beginning. So Ari's a Virgo, and we addressed that last week. His mm-hmm. wife, Lauren, is a Scorpio. Uh, so, you know, obviously we talked about how they're compatible. They really worked. Crystal, however, is a Libra. While we don't know all of their rising signs, we do know that Earth and air signs do sometimes have a difficulty aligning. Virgos are more practical and want all the nitty-gritty details nicely fit into a box, whereas Libras can overlook those things and would rather focus on the bigger, funner, exciting vision of everything going on around them. Libras are also notoriously a bit dramatic, and this can cause major anxiety for a Virgo. So this is definitely where Ari and Crystal are not aligned. And I'm, I'm yeah. looking at you. I'm looking at you, Sam. Okay, I won't she's date. A Libra. She's uh, straight up. She's a pure Libra. Oh no, triple. A, a double. I'm a double. double. I'm a double. Hey now. But we have, we have, see, we get along. We both have the, the Aquarius Moon, and I'm an Aries rising, which is. How's this partnership and work co-host? I am awesome. Yeah. No, you're a fabulous. I love you. I'm but... just a bit dramatic. <laughs> I love you. Very sensitive, okay? <laughs> I love you. I'm, I'm not hating. I'm not hating. I promise. I'm going to 
cry. So, <laughs> so Chris is a Sagittarius, uh, a sign that is also a bit traumatic, flamboyant and dynamic. They love stimulation and crave freedom and excitement like it's a drug. Becca is an Aries who is also a fire sign, and technically these two signs can work together and make fireworks together. Yeah, because they did have random chemistry. And yeah. I, no one understood why. They're like, ew, this guy's great. <laughs> There's a lot of passion instantly here and ready for the taking, and so they're going to fan each other's flames. But if they clash, Becca the Aries will become very angry, and that will scare the Sagittarius away. So there's that. Then, jumping back to the little match made in paradise, though, Crystal, a Libra, is actually quite attracted to Chris, the Sagittarius. They are a good match because they don't pressure each other and they both can open up and try new things. This will actually allow them to feel secure in one another's arms and it will surely be a fast and shotgun flow because Venus, planet of love, rules Crystal, and Jupiter, planet of optimism and hope, rules Chris. So their communication, insight, interests, and values will likely be pretty aligned and fire needs air to burn brightly. So this can just be a fun pair. Oh. oh, I think they're gonna have a baby soon. Like that's that's my. I foresee that. Yeah. Like yeah. Because they've been kind of talking about it, and you know, any kind of um, like spawn con they can get out of fertility um, stuff, I think they're already trying for. So um, yeah, I mean, you know, the world of Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Um, deep, dark rabbit hole. It really is. <laughs> Our celeb WTF of the week, I love because I actually really like these two people. So, Cara DeLevingne and Ashley Benson, um, they're, they've been unofficially dating for close-ish to a year. You know, Cara is a model turned actress. Not, not a fantastic actress, I will say, but you know what? She has a great face. Super interesting. Yes, super interesting, and she has been known to be sexually fluid, and the past couple of years has been said to be with some women. However, Ashley Benson, one of the stars of my favorite TV show, Pretty Little Liars. Yes, I got I could watch that show a million times over. And so she has dated, you know, some of Hollywood's hottest guys. And what's funny is she did date her co-star from the show, Tyler Blackburn, who has now come out as bisexual. And so she... I'm sniff, sniffing a beard situation. Yeah. I, I think that was likely what was happening. <laughs> well, they're both hot and they're both powerful. Right. Like, yeah. Like, and know. they were yeah, dating on the show. Yeah. yeah. So, but Kara and Ashley have... People were saying, oh, they're dating and there are some paparazzi photos of them, like, kissing on the street, that kind of thing. So... They, it was a refrigerator. Okay, so they had been seen by paparazzi on the street kissing, blah, blah, blah. I honestly just thought they're two party girls because it is, I mean, there's also been some drug rumors between the two of them. I, I mean, you know, they're just part, like, they look They look like party girls. And they're young, they're beautiful. Um, I'm not saying it's, it's cool, but whatever. I thought maybe that's what this was. However, this is Pride Month, and Kara came out on Instagram to post a, f- a video of her and Ashley just like hardcore making out with the hashtag pride that and so you know so these two like if it's not Instagram official then I don't know what is official right I'm gonna just I'm throwing that out there world you better listen to that yes Instagram so I mean, Ashley I'm judging <laughs> Ashley has, you know, commented with, like, hearts, love, whatever, rainbows, you know, all that stuff, and um, it's a really great pair. Also, a few weeks ago, I think they have a place in Los Angeles, and they were both seen 
carrying in a sex swing box and just laughing and smiling. God, I can't wait to light my future husband and I do that. Oh, yeah. So I, that's goal. Hashtag right there. Goal. Those are a couple goals. God, so, yeah. Kyle, from from what I um, oh, wait, do you have one? Yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do. Oh my god, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh my from god, yeah. What I know that Kyle has told me before this about this couple, like, this is some interesting, hot stuff. So tell us what's going on between these two yeah. sexy ladies. Absolutely. So Kara's a Leo, Ashley's a Sagittarius. This is absolute sex bomb potential. There is a lot of passion and excitement in this pairing, especially because for Leo, Sagittarius rules the fifth house of romance just from there. So this is a splendid match. Ashley will keep Kara guessing, whereas Leo's strength and stability will give more spontaneous Ashley a fun place to tether to. So they have this you know, really dynamic energy that's going on. They intuitively understand each other, and it's a gorgeous moment together. Also, right now, it is a full moon in Sagittarius this week. So for Kara, she's making big vocalizations and displays of love whereas Ashley is feeling herself front and center. That's literally what's happening right now, astrologically. Yeah, they naturally light each other up in this way, and even though it's obviously Pride Month, there's also magic in the stars explicitly for that. Last, with the sun across the sky from Ashley, she's focusing on her committed partner in making it clear how important her one and only is, which again, is all about being public. So congrats to the lady power couple. Yeah, I have the chills. I love it. It makes me happy. Good for them. Yeah, totally. Well, next, you guys, let's get into Elizabeth Francis's chart. She has some super exciting stuff going on. I cannot wait to hear it. Absolutely. So I'll actually email this to you after. So excited. Yeah, so you can really take a deep dive into it. You know, I always tell people whenever I'm doing their charts, like, it's so long and, you know, it, there's a lot to digest. So, like, when you wake up at, like, 3 a.m. when you just are, like, you know, perusing Instagram, read about you. How about that, you know? <laughs> hire me, hire me. So, <laughs> so there's that. Everybody um, have him read your chart. Right? I mean, for real, I'm kind of pretty cool. So, um, anyways, you are a Pisces, one of my favorites. And you are Cancer Rising, which is also one of my favorites. So we're just besties mentally. We're in. Yeah, we're totally here. <laughs> so all of that water energy is very, very strong for you. So for the rest of your life, you're going to read for both signs, every horoscope. So you are half Cancer, half Pisces. Now just remember that, okay? So anytime the sun is in those areas or a planet, you're going to be kind of radiating and, and having a lot more attention being interrupted to you. Mm. So there's that. You're a Sagittarius moon. So that's just good to know as well. But you do have a lot of your planets that are are in uh, Pisces. So your Mercury is there, your Venus is there, your Jupiter is there. We could dive into all of the big expansive things with that, but that's, that is very complicated. And yeah. I kind of want to jump to some of the transits. Because as an astrologer, you know, one thing that I really do specialize in is looking at where the planets are now and how you can harness different aspects for your life or when you can do that, when that window is open for you. Because... There's a billion astrologers out there that can, you know, be like, well, this is what a Sagittarius moon is, or whatever it be, you know, you can read that online, but I want to focus on how you can actually use it productively for your life. I love that. So, yeah, that's been my really big focus of astrology, which, you know, I think there's got to be something, you know, it's great to really have that psychological assessment, but... I want to know how I can find love, or when I want love, yeah. or, or when I can... Tool. Exactly, when exactly, and it's a strategy, because, you know, and you can get everything in your life if you want, if you just know when the timing is to do it. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I'm so excited. So, 
Uh, big things here, right now, Jupiter is the planet of miracles, good fortune, luck. It takes 12 years to go around the sun. Currently, it's in your house of fame and honor. So starting since last November until December 3rd of this year, you are laying massive, massive career opportunities. So you need to do everything that you possibly can, everything that yeah. you possibly can to increase your fame, increase your career, and increase your impact on the world. Liz, can you tell us what was happening during that time that he just mentioned? Oh my was gosh, when you said November, I was like, whoa, there was something that shifted for me in November that I went, you know what, I'm going to take, it's been like family, it's been like there was like a season of, and I went, you know what, it's time for me to like turn this on myself. Yes! Focus on me, and it was literally November, so I was like, what? Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then and with the show having been out and like you know doing carpets and doing but it's all meetings, it's about publicity it's all about yeah. that, which for me is is you know it's kind of like it's like learning to just embrace that. That's the star power. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, but the important thing for you to know is that this doesn't necessarily have to be the highest point of achievement for twelve years, but you have to lay all of the most important seeds this year because if you don't then it will not increase. I, it feels like a foundation. So you need, exactly, you need to build upon all of these things. Mm -hmm. To send out, you know, crazy emails or have your manager or agent reach out to yeah. everything you possibly can. Start working on something that's a passion project. Whatever is going to, to lift you to higher echelons and skyrocket straight forward, not as, a, not as just like a pivot over right. to one other thing, like taking over and wearing a crown. That's what yeah. this energy is all about. So you need to harness that. All Pisces are experiencing this in some capacity. Mm. So that's really crucial. The other thing to notice too is that you are going through eclipses in your in your identity. So in Cancer, the last one, the first one started actually last July in 2018. We're going to have another one on uh, July 2nd. Then we're going to continue to have these throughout the next year and a half. And then also you're having eclipses in your partnership sector. But the thing about the partnership sector, so, you know, it could be, you know, in one way for, for people that, that are cancers or have strong cancer energy, you know, releasing relationships that are not working for them. Or, and same thing with Capricorns, you know, like being redirected to someone that's better for them. It, but also it could be business, too, you know. So this could be agents, managers, publicists, you know, attorneys, yeah. you know, financial planners, all of that kind of stuff. And it's going to hit you. In, in some of these ways, but also with it falling in your identity, it allows you to harness and be redire redirected to destiny, whatever is yeah. your, your true soul purpose, and you have more power to do that. That's amazing. And you're super happily married. Like, you, uh, I've seen the photos of you and your hubby. It's literally the cutest. Um, and I know you briefly told Kyle before we started talking on air, uh, what's your husband's sign? He's cancer. Mm, he's going through it too. Yeah. So he's going to be going through those kinds of shifts as well. So it could even be like you guys are making new long-term plans together, choosing to have a baby, uh -huh. buying a house, doing all of those partnership things. Yeah, we've been doing, I mean, together, which has been in, like interesting, when, especially when you're in a partnership, when the energy aligns of yeah. like, okay, we both went, this is like... This is a new growth phase and a new foundation phase for like some really long term things in our family and our relationship. I mean, like, like babies. He started a business. I've been doing a lot of like stuff on my end. It's, it's really very much true. 
Hired man. <laughs> no, I, just, I love it. I mean, it's like my yeah. heart just like, because it's like, I can't wait to be in that kind of partnership too, because it's like, you know, obviously when you're like, you know, bringing people up or if you're, someone's bringing you up or if there's, you know, obviously there needs to be, you know, a union of helping and, and nurturing growth for each other. But like, you know, that it should, I, like, I can't wait for it to feel natural again. And that's why I'm, yeah. I'm holding out to find that person, you, you know? Should, because I think it's the thing too where, I mean, with us, the great thing is, is that we give, we, I think we both allow just naturally, we mm-hmm. have, you know, we're individuals too. Mm-hmm. So we're together, but we're individuals. So there's individual growth happen, happening, mm-hmm. but all that individual growth is actually benefiting, like, the whole. Yeah. Um, oh, I just get to take Yeah. I love yeah. it. Yeah. So, tea out there, boo. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, it's funny, because, like, I go about combat, compatibility and stuff too, like, it's like, what signs would I ideally want? I mean, I, I would... Right. You know, if, if the person and I were aligned, it wouldn't really matter, you know? Exactly. But, like, I mean, technically, Virgo and Capricorn would be really great for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I would definitely jump on a Cancer, the Scorpio, if they're not insane. <laughs> you know, a Pisces for sure. But, like, again, it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, got to be aligned, you know? Absolutely. I'm not, like, out here hunting, like, on Tinder or on Instagram right. for, like, people that are hashtagging, like, Pisces lover. You know what I mean? Right. I and then know. they're on awareness. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that was a tangent. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, I mean, hey, you know me, you know. I, I got you. <laughs> I, I'm going to find a husband through this podcast. I know what's going to happen. I am so serious. You, like, send me your ideals, and I was like, actually, I'm okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> After this, we're talking about, we're going to ditch. I love it. So, but let's, let's jump to some career moments, actually, for you, just because I want to jump into more of your chart. So, this week is a full moon in your career sector, June 17th. So there's either going to be some big culminations that are happening. I mean, granted, you're on this podcast, but like, think of think of doing a publicity campaign. Release some great photos yeah. from photo shoots or whatever you can do to get more buzz about yeah. you, because this is a big moment this this Sweet. part of the year. Then the next moment here is uh, starting on November 26th. A doorway opens in your career, and it's for 10 days. So something naturally is going to you know organically fall in there, but you also really want to focus upon laying the important actions, sending the important emails, doing something, launching something. Yes. Do that then, and then that's going to actually define your career for all of 2020. Wow. Okay, so November 26th. Yeah, you really need to jump on that. So there's that. And then I think the last thing I'll mention here is actually for all Pisces is that you're going through eclipses starting last year, and it's going to continue, like I said, for another... Uh, and eclipses meaning they're destined events that were happen that were were you're meant to cross these these thresholds to be led to the you know the, the greatest abundance in your life that you're yeah. supposed to have. So you're actually experiencing uh, eclipses in your uh, social sector. So you're going to be having very significant friendships that either leave because they're no longer helping, or your social sector is going to increase rapidly. Like just suddenly you have like new best friends, yeah. new great friends, people that you love, your network's going to expand, as well as in your love sector, that is going to, you're going to be falling more deeply in love, and it also represents that you're going through eclipses and fertility, so you may actually have a shock um, pregnancy. I was, we were just yeah. talking about that all the way here, like, I was like, we've been baby talk, it's like, the body is going. Mm. The alarm is going off. The are doing that to you, though. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So <laughs> that is my personal read for you. Obviously, I'll send you stuff and anything you ever have a question about. Just 
reach out to me and yeah, I, I mean I'm here. I want to I want to help people live a I life of yeah. you know fulfillment. So well, I love it too because it's not just like here's you know here's like a general thing about your sign. It's like oh you can here's how you can utilize it and when exactly. It's totally different. Yeah, yeah. You know because you know some people are like oh like predict things for me and I'm like yeah I can do that you know depending on certain things and certain transits to see what is manifesting but but I want to make it productive it's not just predictive it's productive it's, yeah it's something that we can use as a tool to truly get everything we want yeah. you know so that's that's how I feel about it yeah. and by the way you know speaking of friendship open invitation for you and your hubby to our pool all summer so yes. you know it's yeah. gorgeous I love it it looks over the entire city and you can see the sunrise and the sunset every single day yeah. yes oh I love to see yeah. it yeah so Hill Unicorn Inflatable yes uh. and your husband potential for me actually that I was like oh. you might offer my hubby but uh, maybe me wait, too this year. Uh, <laughs> I, we both need men <laughs> we don't need men I just want one yes we both want that, so so that's the common so they denominator. Need you. Yeah. They need you. Hell yeah, they do. Yeah, right. I am so badass. Yeah, I do. I know, and I. Sorry. We all do. Well, speaking of men that may or may not have a lot to offer, we are going to segue into our last segment of Bang Mary Kill, our last one for Gemini season. Okay, so we have Michael Sarah. Dave Franco, a.k.a. James Franco's hotter little brother, mm-hmm. who seems like a much better guy. He's married to Allison Bree. Allison Bree. Who went to college. Call me. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. right when I was getting and she was leaving. Oh. She's fantastic. That's yeah. so cool. And then the last one, a lot of us might want to kill him, so this might not be a fair one, um, but Shia LaBeouf. Mm-hmm. So we always let our guests go first. Okay, so we're of bang, Mary Hill. Okay, so I say... This may surprise you. I'm going to bang Shia LaBeouf. Be crazy. Because I feel like it might be like a really crazy night. Like there might be... I know it, I know it, I know it. There's no hate. Mary J. Franco, for sure. Uh, and kill... Because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, you're so sweet, but like... Not for me. Not for me. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Have you ever seen This Is The End? Yes. <laughs> Yeah. He gets killed in that movie very epically. Maybe so. It's in my subconscious. Yes. It's, it's, no offense to you, Michael. It's just we've seen it no, already. Michael, you're wonderful. Let's yes. be friends. Yeah. yeah. Let's yeah. be friends. Okay. So, hmm. I am going to, I guess I'll marry Michael Sarah, but have like a real legit love affair with Dave Franco on the side. So, you know, the two of them can really like make one man. And then, yeah, I'm going to kill Shia LaBeouf because I don't trust that guy in bed. Like, he might kill me first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, I was like, I just don't think this is an, a, a fair assessment because I, here, I've never met Shia yet. I, we will probably bump into him at some point in time. I hope not. It's probably going to happen. You know how it is. With our, <laughs> so it's probably going to happen. But, yeah, I just he really annoys me. So I can't give, like, a very authentic, you know, assessment of, like, if he is a human being that I want to share breath with. Um, but we're just going <laughs> to, uh, I don't know. We ain't uh, talking about breath food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Um, I don't know. I feel like... Michael Sarah is supposed to be a really cool guy. Yeah. And I mean, he's insanely talented. I kind of married both him. <sighs> I just gotta yeah, need, I need more Google search images. What I really... Uh, no, uh, shy has got to go. He has got to go. I'm like, no. Sorry. <laughs> no, no <laughs> thanks. And I feel like Michael is, like, I'm cuter than him, so, like, 
you know, if he were gay, like, he'd definitely be a little stigmatized. So, um... Yeah, if Michael Sarah was yeah. gay. Yeah, and I'm sure he's, like, just so nice. So I guess we'll just bang. But, like, yeah, I definitely would date Frank. Like, would uh, marry Dave Franco. Have beautiful babies. Yeah. Uh, oh, I love that. Should we all marry Dave Franco? Yeah. yeah. I'll share. It's fine. As long as Allison Bree's okay with it. <laughs> you, could, you have a connection, so just, just let her know we're interested for a polyamorous, um, sexually fluid marriage with Dave Franco. Well, we hope that you guys have enjoyed this Astro episode. This, astro? this Astrosode. She's not even having wine, guys. No, no wine, no wine. This Astrosode of Astro Kiki. Um, Elizabeth, tell us, can you tell us anything that's going on next with you or like what we can look out for? Actually, when my career mode, so I have two television series that I've been co-creating and we're getting ready to bring both suckers out. Yes, yeah. That's so, awesome. Uh, Good timing, yeah, right? Great timing. Yeah. Pretty great timing. Amazing. So are these the ones that you're starring in and producing, writing? Yes. Creating, producing. Absolutely. All of the things. Yeah. Yeah. But also just want to make a good, like, good show. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a sci-fi and a drama and a comic book. Oh, my God. Uh, I love it. I mean, that literally sounds like exactly the stuff I write. Oh. Yeah. 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 I love you guys. Amazing. Right? For real, I love you. Well, where can everyone follow you to follow you on your journey and watch your star ride? On my journey, watch my star ride. On, I'm mostly on Insta. I do kind of choose. So, on Insta, I'm E. Francis, mm-hmm. F-R-A-N-C-E-S, zero three. Uh, and then on the Twitter and on the Facebook, I'm real Liz Francis. Somebody made that up. I didn't. I won't lie. But it's, but I'm the real Liz yeah. Francis. <laughs> you are. The fake Liz <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love that. Anyone that wants to impersonate anybody, just be like, I'm the real. And it's like, no, you're not. <laughs> um, thank you so much. This is so much oh, fun. And I'm guys. very excited to connect. And when I say I... Kyle calls me a celebrity intuitive sometimes just because, like, I kind of am like, this person's going to blow up. This person's going to break up. They're going to get together. So, and I really felt from the second I met Elizabeth that, like, she was going to be so big and that this interview one day we could look back and be like, oh, God, look at those numbers, Thank girl. You. And let's, we'll do this again. Yeah. yeah in, like, a huge way when y'all blow up. Yeah. I feel yeah. it, too. Like, it's mutual. Oh, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, you guys can follow me, Sam Davidson, at SamD43 on Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Astro Kiki Radio. Thanks for joining us, guys. I'm Kyle Thomas, pop culture astrologer. You can find me on Instagram at Mr. Kyle Thomas. And he's open for inquiries, guys. Book him. Absolutely. Book him. Very true. Yes. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Astro Kiki Radio on the Left of Straight Radio Network. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Astro Kiki Radio, and you can also check us out on iTunes and Stitcher. Make sure to join us next week, and don't forget, we are the only e-news of astrology. Astro Kiki Radio.